Welcome, good moms. If you ever doubt that you're a good mom, you are in the right place. I am Jody Schilling, mom of four and a former educator. And on this podcast, we talk about all the hard topics. We talk about the pressures and the demands that are placed on moms, and more importantly, how to get past all of that so you can do you. Let's define good mom on your terms. Hi, moms. Welcome to episode 41. This week we are talking about triggers and the whole word triggering and how we get triggered as moms. Thank you for joining. This is by request. I had a Facebook post where I asked for topics and it was requested that we talk about this whole concept of getting triggered. And I'm really glad that this was brought up because I haven't talked about this specifically and I have a little different way of thinking about triggering, triggering things and and triggers in general. So we have kind of come to learn about triggers as being something that triggers an emotional response and there's a negative connotation that goes with the word trigger, right? So when someone says triggered, they're usually saying that they're offended or something, you know, there's a negative response that is triggering them to feel some anger or some resentment or some some kind of feeling that really feels crappy, right? It's not, it's never a good feeling. The way that we've been kind of taught to think about triggers, it's never been a from a good place, right? It's it's a very like upsetting or just, it doesn't feel good at all. But here's what I want to help you with this concept. And when we think about the brain as having these emotional responses, that when we understand how the brain works and we can think of it in a different frame, just like everything that we talk about on here, sometimes it's just the shift that we need that helps us to respond the best way we can or the way that we want to, as opposed to feeling this kind of sense of being triggered is also often associated with being kind of the preemptor to being out of control also emotionally. When when we're triggered and we kind of recognize it as this like it was unexpected and then we go out of control with it, right? We do. Or we see our kids get triggered and then what happens next is this kind of being out of control with our emotions. So with the way that I think about triggers, I ha- use the word activate. When I think that I'm being triggered or if I notice one of my kids or you know anybody I know get triggered, It's like their body language is very visible right away, you know, so you can notice that and we notice it in ourselves too. But when I think of it as, oh, you know, that is activating a thought, that's where it helps us to just see it as a brain, you know, a natural thing that the brain does, right? So I like to use the word activate and then I think what is being activated often what's being activated is the brain's natural response to protect itself, right? It's like we've talked about before. 
there's the motivational triad of the brain. It has three things that it's always trying to do. So one of them is that it's wanting to keep us safe. That's primarily, you know, that's always the number one job. It's like to stay alive. And so it goes back to our really primitive days of being chased by some, you know, tiger or something. And the brain still is so programmed to protect us that when we have this idea of, of um, being triggered, it's thinking that it needs to protect us from something. It doesn't know the difference between a tiger or an emotional response to being threatened in some way, right? So the second one is that it wants to make things easy for us, easy or comfortable. So it seeks comfort. It seeks ease. And so that can happen with with a triggering event. We don't see it as much. It's more that protection side, but it's still helpful to know that, you know, someone might make a comment about like, why is your kitchen so messy? And that can be triggering to you. But the real reason that that's triggering is because your brain is naturally trying to make things easy for you, right? And so cleaning the kitchen or doing all the things sometimes isn't meeting the brain's need for comfort. And it's, you know, if it causes stress, then it doesn't want to do that, right? And then the third one is that the brain is always seeking, besides protecting us and then making things easy, it's it wants to seek pleasure. And so that's the third motivation is, you know, to, which I'm really glad that's one of the motivations, honestly, of our brain, because I think our life would be constantly in survival mode is no way to live, right? So the fact that our brain also is going to seek pleasure. That's where, where the brain wants to have us do something. No, it's, it's a motivation, right? Do something new. It's like there's pleasure in that, right? So that, that motivational triad is helpful to understand. And I think when you relate it to being triggered and you know how the brain works, and then you just think, what is being activated here, right? What is the what is the activating thought that's triggering this emotional response? Because we know if we go back to the model that we learned, if we review it, we always know that our thoughts are what create our emotions. And then our emotions are what drive any action we take, right? So I think of, of a trigger when we put it in the model, a trigger is triggering a thought, right? We think that a trigger is triggering emotion, but it's still that it's triggering a thought. And I, again, go back to that other way of thinking about it or using the word activate instead. So it's activating a thought. And so when we think I've been triggered, we can also think I'm activating a thought. (laughs) What is the thought I'm activating right now? And if we know that motivational triad, then at least for me, when I feel like I, I feel so much better when I feel like I understand what's going on in my brain. It's always worse when I think, you know, what is happening? And I don't know what's happening. And then I, that makes me feel worse and panicky. And, you know, there's like this, another urge to try to control things. But if we can just know that, okay, I'm triggered. Interesting. What is getting activated? What is the thought? What is the, 
feeling that's created from that thought. And then that just even in stopping to have that awareness is a chance to interrupt being, you know, quote unquote triggered to then react in a way that we don't want to act in that's negative. I will also say that sometimes I think being activated to create an emotion that really has a strong urgency to it is sometimes purposeful. And I think even like we've talked about this before as well, it's okay that it's a negative. Sometimes there's an urgency and then there's almost like a a negative response, but it's sometimes necessary. And I want to throw that in there too, because I think that sometimes we think about triggered again as having this whole negative connotation, but sometimes it's it's activating a response, especially with what's going on in the world. You know, lately, sometimes there's, it's activating a response that brings up a sense of urgency that we want to take action because we want to change something. It's helping us see like, okay, this is what I stand for. I don't want that to continue. That image that I just saw in the news was triggering, or we can say, right, activating. It's activating a thought that's making me realize I stand for this and I absolutely do not stand for that. And this is how I want to go forward when I take an action. I think I could also share a quick story that might illustrate it some more as well. So when a child, for example, is having a really strong emotional reaction, a lot of times what's going on in their brain, and I think it's the same, and just in different, you know, in different levels of intensity at different ages and under different circumstances, sometimes it's helpful to see when you imagine a child who is being told no, right? This is such a very, very common trigger for so many kids to be told no. And if you stop and think, you know, what is being activated there for the child, the child has an expectation in their mind or, you know, something that they're looking forward to. And when we think about the motivational triad, they're seeking pleasure, right? So if they're asking for candy in the grocery store, very common, you know, example, right? Then they have that thought in their mind that they're going to get to have this candy and it's going to, they'll feel, that'll be so cool and fun. And then when they're wanting the candy and then their mom says no, then what is activated in their brain is the thought, I can't have pleasure, right? I can't have what I want. And they don't, a lot of them have the emotional capacity to take in that information without being over-focused on what they can't have, right? And so it's just activating the thought of, I can't have something. And there's that disappointment that comes with that. And I mean, we see this in all ages, right? When, when we want something for an, for a relationship, you know, within our marriage, or if we, you know, we're trying to have a stable, happy family, or you know, these things that we deal with as moms, we can definitely trace back when we feel triggered that it's activating a thought of, you know, I can't have what I want right now. And then that's really what is at the heart of it. It's thinking that this thought is creating this negative emotion and that's just what's been activated. And so that, 
I hope illustrates it a little more for you, but the word activate instead of trigger just helps me focus it on the brain and the the mechanism that's happening and the chemical reactions and everything that's going on with the synapses in the brain, right? And it is helpful to think of it that way. And the only other thing I'll say around triggers is that when you want to interrupt a pattern of being triggered over and over by the same thing, the best way to do that is to just sit down and fill up a page and just ask yourself why questions. You just keep asking, you say the first thing like, why Why do I think I was triggered by that? What was activated? What was the thought that, you know, that I was really thinking and why did that create pain? And then you write down that and then you write another why question. Why does, you know, why do, why do I think that hurts so much? Why do I think that is so painful or so intolerable? What am I really afraid of here? What am I really hurt by here in this situation? And just keep asking more why questions. And the way that you get rid of any kind of a repetitive behavior or response that you have is by asking those why questions over and over. Because when you have the awareness, that's when you can make the change. That's what I have for you this week. And thank you for listening. I will be back next week. If you like this podcast, please rate and review so we can spread the word to other moms who are going through the same thing. You can also find me over on Instagram. You'll find links to my website there, information about my coaching program, and free resources. Thank you again for joining me. Have a great week and please rate and review.